Hey, true crime friends, I'm Danny. And I'm Brenna. And, and this, this is Lago Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome back, Bran. I'm so excited for today's episode because it kicks off our favorite time of year spooky season i am like a giddy little child in a candy shop i am so excited for halloween yeah just so our listeners know we got our spooky nails going our halloween shirts our halloween socks we're ready yes (laughs) and to celebrate we will be popping in your feed a little bit more with some minisodes of spooky proportion We also have some super cool Halloween-themed merch, so go check it out at our website, logostories.net, and let us know what you think. Seriously, those stickers are my absolutely favorite. Yes, I'm going to stick them everywhere. (laughs) I love them. I love them. So let's kick today's spooky episode off with the unusual death of Mr. Harry Houdini. Now, many of you know the name Houdini and associate it with being able to escape just about anything which is quite true for one of the world's most famous entertainers of his time. I know I would be doing everyone an injustice if I did not tell you what comes to mind when I think of Houdini, though. As many of you know, I am a huge dog mom and have been since a very young age. For my sixth birthday, all I wanted was a wiener dog. Like, I could not think about anything else. (laughs) And right before my birthday, I had my first big gymnastics injury, and I broke my arm on the vault. For those who don't know what the vault is, it's a non-moving object you run full speed at in hopes that you have enough power to flip off and land on your feet. I know, it's crazy, but we loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could say my running wasn't fast enough and my arm took the beating. I will never forget when my parents walked this tiny dachshund pup over to me and we were inseparable from the get-go. He never left my side while I nursed my arm back to full strength. His name was Kipper, and of course, he was named after a gymnastics move. I had recently gotten my glide kit when we got him. It's a bar move. Just look it up. I wouldn't even know how to describe it to you. It's a huge deal as a young gymnast to learn your glide kit because it's one of the first basic moves you will do the rest of your career on that event. But anyway, Kipper was quickly renamed Houdini by our next door neighbor because this little dog thought he could escape anything. To the point you would think that our backyard was Fort Knox. As soon as it would get a little quiet inside or outside the house, our neighbor would give us a call and let us know who Dini was visiting, and they would bring him back after his visit. They were a sweet elderly couple that just loved him. So as you can see, the background of this story brings me so many fun memories, um, so I couldn't help but share. Also, I love Kipper. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> I know. I remember Kipper. Um, but also about the Glide Kip. Um, definitely because you get it at a young age, right? It's like a basic skill that you need to get basically to like the high bar to do anything on bars. And after we quit, I don't know. Did you try and go back with us? Oh, no, no, right? <laughs> okay, so we tried to go back and I could not do a kip. <laughs> I can't even imagine trying. It was only two years after. And like I was still somewhat active, like a cheerleader in high school. But I was so frustrated. I could not do a kit because it was like the most basic thing. But now I realize how hard it was. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, back to Harry Houdini, who actually wasn't Harry Houdini at all. His birth name was actually Eric Wise. He built his stage name off another famous magician, Jean-Eugene Robert Houdin. 
He was honoring him with this name by adding the I at the end of the last name. Now, Houdini caught his break by being dubbed the King of Handcuffs. He was granted this name after successfully escaping out of being locked up, tied up, and even escaping a prison cell. The crowd loved it, and his once struggling career soon took a drastic turn in the right direction. Now, Harry was not the only one in the family with magic hands. His brother, Theo, who performed under the stage name Harding, although he was not remembered like his brother, without the pair, we may not know Houdini's name at all. As the brother, Theo, was the mastermind behind many of Houdini's signature tricks. Houdini was dedicated to his craft and was a performer until the very end, or his supposed end. Before I tell you why his death is debated, let me tell the unusual lead up to his death. During a performance on October 11th, 1926 in New York, he was trying to escape a Chinese water torture cell and his ankle got stuck and he had to jimmy his way out. After the performance, they later found out that he had actually fractured his ankle doing this and made it through the remainder of the performance without a person in the audience knowing any difference. First of all, October 11th, that's my birthday. <laughs> Not 1926, but still, it's a very special day. Um, I didn't know any of this. I, granted, I don't know much about his death. I did watch that one movie, um, but that was a long time ago. So, yeah, yeah good information. Well, it's going to get weirder, girl, so hold on. I really feel like I'm excited to tell this to you because as we go through, I feel like you're going to get more and more amped, and at the end, you're going to be like, what? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, although the doctors insisted he stay home, the show must go on, and he went on to the next stop in Montreal, where he was doing a speaking lecture at a local university, which at first I thought was odd, but after looking into it, he did quite a bit of the speaking events throughout his career. Houdini was definitely more than your average magician. After the lecture, he invited a few students to meet him afterwards in his dressing room. This is where they would just chat about different things that they discussed during the lecture and then his career in general. One of the students asked if it was true he could resist hard blows to the stomach. Supposedly, Houdini had made this public claim that he was able to withstand punches directly to his stomach. I'm not sure why. I don't even know how that fits into the magic trick, but whatever. So the student wanted to put Houdini to the test. While still lounging on the couch as he was talking to the other students, one of them came up and threw several intense punches to his stomach without giving Houdini any chance to react. Okay, this is sounding very familiar now that you said the stomach thing. I do remember. And I think it was, was it him or another magician that would do like cannonballs to the stomach? I'm not sure. I didn't look into like all the different tricks that he does. I know like his famous one was like the street jacket Mm -hmm. um, and the Chinese torture cell and and escaping. I I looked in one of them. He even attempted to escape a sea monster. And right before he was like, I either escape or I drown. Oh (laughs) my gosh. It was crazy. Like a, wait, a, a sea monster as in like a animal yeah <laughs> like I, I don't know where he came what up with these things especially wants- like the 1920s yeah. it's so random i feel like he had like both of them just had to be incredibly smart because it's not like yeah. you had all the resources we have today and Can't being able Google to it. yeah <laughs> and being able to like make an illusion of looking like you're doing all these things is pretty incredible to me yeah but i do remember um because these punches or cannonballs or whatever it was he had to like 
prepare and Mm -hmm. him not being able to like flex or like you know kind of get into a a stance okay yeah yeah and what I also find weird is like it's one thing to question somebody right of like oh is this actually true or like prove it to me or whatever but Mm -hmm. you would think he would give him time to react like obviously no human average human could just withstand several intense blows to the stomach at once while lounging talking to other people so like i to me this person really like it's one to question it but like to take it to such an extreme is like what's wrong with you i guess now though we understand that magic is you know kind of a mixture between these like amazing tricks and everything is choreographed perfectly for it to work and also kind of like messing with the psychology you know putting your attention somewhere else but i don't think back then i think they really did you know think like magic yeah that's true that's a really good point i didn't even think about that Well, later that night, clearly in pain uh, from his strange encounter earlier, he begins to have stomach cramps and chalks it up to nothing to worry about. The next day, Houdini is in severe pain with cold sweats, a fever of 104, severe pain and cramping and fatigue. But again, the show must go on. I don't know about you, but this dude seems crazy. Like, I have had a cramp (laughs) a time or two in my life. (laughs) And when it happens, I just want to lay down and do nothing. So I could not even imagine trying to escape something that I trapped myself into. Yeah, me neither. But it it does seem like he has a love for it too, you know, so he doesn't want to disappoint anybody. Yeah, the theme of it must go on really stays with him through the end Mm -hmm. for sure. Although the doctor stated he believed he had appendicitis, Houdini wouldn't quit. And on October 25th, he took the stage once again and barely made it through the show ending with a curtain call to remember and completely collapsing. My husband had appendicitis in 2020, and I don't think I've ever seen him in so much pain before. So I I really do not understand how he made it through this show. Clearly, he had a high pain tolerance after this brief glimpse into his life. And I mean, he did almost try to kill himself with every illusion or trick, but still. Yeah. Unfortunately, that will to never quit would be the end of him. Houdini's final curtain call would be the last. Although the doctors would successfully remove his appendix, it would not be before it ruptured and the infection spread inside. Although he would cling on to life for five additional days, he would take his last breath on October 31st, 1926, with his wife and both of his brothers present. He died on Halloween. <laughs> no. Yes. Was it early morning or late night? Do you know? I'm not sure. Hopefully That's he had a like question. a good Halloween before yeah. he left. Well, Dang. He was in a hospital bed, so I don't think he had a good Halloween. But Yeah, true. But okay, so question. I don't know if you'll be able to answer it. So appendix rupturing sounds terrible. But what is like, do you know what the appendix does to your body? Like what? it's used for oh no girl i don't okay know. <laughs> i know it's removable so it, like so you can obviously live without it yes but yes. being it ruptured oh the infection is basically mm-hmm. what did it okay yes, i get yes. it so it would have been fine if he had just gotten it removed and after just he had the stomach pain yes but he let it rupture to the point that it just wasn't it wasn't gonna happen after that mm-hmm Houdini's unusual death date is not the end of the story. There are many debates on how Houdini even died as it was so abrupt, although the question still lingers if Houdini was able to escape the ultimate trap, death. The other debate is not on how he died, but who did it. 
Houdini was an open skeptic of spiritualism, which is a system of beliefs or religious practices based on supposed communication with spirits of the dead, especially through mediums. Houdini even pushed past skepticism and was on a full-blown mission to expose every spiritualist's fraud and even testified in front of Congress to pass a bill to outlaw fortune-telling in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure what's funnier, that he felt the need to do this or that there is even an outlaw in place to ban fortune-telling. Yeah, that does seem kind of odd. I mean, I guess I can understand, especially if... It was, like, very trendy at the Mm -hmm. time. Like, now you just see them in, you know, kind of, like, smaller towns or things like that. But I guess maybe he thought they were taking people's money. And I'm not really sure why he was so passionate about, like, eliminating this in general. Um, But I just find it funny. It's, like, it really goes to show that the past of, like, anything new that comes up, everyone panics before they figure out what it really is. That's true. It's, like prohibition mm. <laughs> now we're banning fortune telling yeah um, satanic panic like all those things it's just like everyone has a mass panic before we like sit down and figure out what's World actually world <laughs> like yeah crazy so as you can imagine he gained a few enemies and a few lawsuits in his day but i'm sure you were wondering how this ties back into the spiritualist group fighting back it is claimed that the spiritualist community poisons those who are a threat or enemy to them and poisoning in the 1920s could look a lot like appendicitis, especially when no formal autopsy is done and Houdini's official cause of death is peritonitis caused by a ruptured appendix. Oh yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the skepticism back then because one, he's a master magician. Two, there's no... Well, I guess they were able to still do an official cause of death, so they were still aware of that, but... People still didn't believe it or what? Yeah, so they just did a cause of death based on how he died. Like, no formal autopsy was done. So that wasn't because they, like, looked in and tested everything. So that's why this is up. But what I always go back to think is I think it's funny that he was very against spiritualists because he said what they were doing was fraudulent. But really, his whole career is fraudulent. You're performing things that you are thinking you're doing and it's an illusion that's true but i mean his stunts still take a lot of like there was a lot of risk like Mm -hmm. he literally could have died from doing (laughs) one of those things so it was more like he's like a daredevil with like a trick of an eye you know so i I can definitely see how he thought oh they're not doing anything they're taking people's money and they're literally just sitting there telling lies you know so i guess it is a little bit different but um i'm going back to no formal autopsy so there could be technically another cause of death yes that we don't know about yes and that's why this whole spiritualism community fighting back kind of plays into one of the theories of how he died Mm -hmm. so the other theory of the student that punched houdini is brought up often but i see this more as a crazy kid who thought he was trying to be funny and it really was taking a joke too far they do have theories of like the spiritualist group saying or convincing him to do this but i'm like to have someone punch someone so hard that they had a ruptured appendix is really hard to like connect all the dots. Yeah. So to me, it was just kind of one of those. It's like, okay, it's out there, but it's a wash to me because it's like too, that's too many dots to that's connect. Very that it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So the final and most debated cause into Houdini's death I want to talk about today is that Houdini did it to himself. 
with this being his final attempt at the allegations of the spiritualists and their community, claiming he would come back and try to communicate with his wife, Bess, once again. Bess would start a new tradition of holding Houdini seances for the first 10 years, and it now continues on Halloween as a tradition to this day. Many of the fans dress up and travel to different places each year to see if the great Houdini will once again return. But if he didn't like spiritualist, kind of seems like a stab in the back for his wife to do that, right? So he, she really did that to see if it was actually going to happen, right? So I mm-hmm. guess probably more of the lingering feeling of like, oh, maybe he actually might come back. I feel like that would be more of a push than saying, oh, well, my husband didn't like it. And I mm-hmm. like to miss out on the communication because he I didn't get, like or, it. Yeah, and yeah. she's still grieving and, you know, mm-hmm. part of her wants him to just be able to do it. But yeah, I was really impressed. She did it for 10 years and <laughs> there was an article quoted where she's like, I think 10 years is enough to wait for one man. Oh, <laughs> like, yes, girl. <laughs> that is so funny. But yeah, no, they still do it. If you look up Houdini seances, there's like a whole community. There's like a legit website. They travel from different places to meet up and do all these seances to see if he will return once again that's cool Mm -hmm. so with that that concludes today's spooky episode we would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode leave us a comment or review if you have a case suggestion for us reach out through our website at lagostories.net you can check out all of our source material for this episode while you're there Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lagos Stories. We will be back with a new episode next week. So until then, stay safe out there. It's a weird world. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound, Nightmare, for a theme music.